Second Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> I want you to know tonight that we're going to be searching quite a few scriptures. These are shots of, of, of prophecy, if you want, and we'll look at them, see where we are in, our, in the world, see where we are in ourselves, see where we are in our society, see where we are in church life. And the title is Knowing the Days in Which We Live. And let me say it again. Knowing the days in which we live. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 says, This know. Notice what Paul says. This know also. In the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that it is so evident that you are here with us this evening. And we thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you, Father, for just coming and being in the midst of us and through your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that all is said and the end of this, Lord, that men would be convinced they may be convicted. We pray, Lord, that even they may see themselves, men and women, and the life they live, the days in which we're living in, and that which they're partaking of. We pray, Lord, that you would cover me, Lord, from offending anyone, but, Lord, that you would help me to preach this word in the power of the Spirit, but in love. May we preach the truth seasoned with salt and glorify your own self in this house and wherever this message is heard may Jesus be exalted in the midst we ask it in his name Amen knowing the days in which we live do you know the days in which you're living When you turn on a television set or read a newspaper or you turn on the radio, whether it's in the car or in your workplace and the things you're hearing, whether it's local debate or whether it's worldwide events, do you know the days in which you are living in? Are you conscious of what is really going on in the world, spiritually going on? in the world, spiritually going on in the church, I'll put it in bracket as a broad sense, 
spiritually what is going on in our nation, in our government, in our society. Do you know, are you aware, do you understand, do you realize the days in which you live? What sort of days are they? Well, there are good days, aren't they? There's many of good things that are happening. They are modern days with everything has to be instant and fast and on the spot, push of a button and so on. They are days of the space age. They are days of the computer age and global communication. In fact, they are the days when probes are now landed upon Mars. And of course, with them on Mars, they're beaming back music, the planet Earth. They're taking pictures and they're taking samples, remote control vehicles from Earth to Mars. That's the days in which you and I are living. They're exciting days and sometimes we look at it and they're days of wonder. But do you really know behind everything else the real things? The things that are not open and revealed to society. And the things that are opened and revealed that are evil in society that are clothed and cloaked. Do you know the days in which we live? You know they're able to put satellites to fly around planet earth and beam pictures all around the world stations are being built in space where men can go and live there for months on end man's intelligence has went way beyond they would have thought of some 50 60 years ago these are the days in which we live in and the bible tells us of days like these but do you realize that there are jet airliners now that can carry 560 passengers plus in one flight. And traveling around the globe in a matter of hours when it used to take months, even years of sea voyage. We're told in the Bible, in Solomon's days, the ships of Tarsus went on sea voyages of three years and upward. Yet now... The earth has become like a global village. And people can travel there in the matter of hours. The prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 12 has much to say. You can turn to it if you wish or you can just listen. I will be turning to quite a lot of different places and scriptures this evening. So you will bear with me I, I, I pray. Daniel chapter 12. Let's read from verse 1. At that time Michael Shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people? And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Notice that, take note, written in the book. Verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting corruption. Let me say something here, or contempt rather, everlasting contempt. Let me say something as we stop here and pause. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is usually read around 
gravesides and for Christians, those who have known the Lord Jesus, who have passed the scene of time and our Lord into the ground like a seed that is planted awaiting for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, please, beginning to read at verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant. He wants you to know. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Notice Daniel said, Of those who sleep in the dust, here are those who have died, in other words. Notice this, who are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or died in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep or have died. We will not be caught up in the air before them, in other words. For the Lord himself, here is the second coming of Christ. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is what's known as the first resurrection of the dead. You know what days you're lying in and you're living in? You are living in the days before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are living in the last of the last days before Christ breaks the clouds. And those who have died in Christ, the graves will be opened. And the dead will arise and meet the Lord in the air. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I have something to tell you. You're living in those days when Christ will return. I don't know the day and I do not know the hour. But Daniel says those that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life. That's the first resurrection that we have read about. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Everlasting life. Are you saved? Are you ready? Should death take you? Are you Christ? Are you serving him? Are you going on with him? For Christ will return. And when Christ returns, should we die in Christ or live for Christ? We will meet Christ in the air. And I have something to tell you as well. It's not a secret. The day is a secret. The hour is a secret. But everyone will see the graves open. A man said to me one time, nobody sees that. Where does it say that in scripture? Nowhere does it tell me that we will not see it. The world will see him. And everyone will will because of him. Are you saved? Would you rise in the first resurrection? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Draweth nigh. Let me show you something else. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
This is more like a Bible study where we're flicking through Scripture tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let your eye run down to verse 51. Read the whole chapter when you go home. It'll be very edifying for you. But verse 51. The Apostle Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we all won't die. If Christ doesn't return, we shall all die. But he's speaking again on the days in which we live, the last days. He says that there's going to be people who will be alive when Christ returns. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In other words, everyone who is in Christ... Everyone who is born again of the Spirit and washed in the blood, whether they die and rise from the dead or caught up alive to meet the Lord in the air, he says, we shall all be changed. What will you be changed like? You'll be changed. You'll have a body like the glorified body of our Lord Jesus Christ. A body that feels no pain and a body that will not die. A body that will not corrupt. You'll have a body like him. A body with no sickness and no illness, no diseases. A body that is perfect and whole. And it's a type of a natural spiritual body. I don't know what it's going to be like. But I will be like him. And you'll be like him if you're saved. Listen to this. Verse 52 Let us read verse 51, get into 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment. People say Christ is coming and nobody else said it's all in a moment. He didn't say that. The Bible says we shall all be changed in a moment. The change is in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye or in an atom of time. Christ will return in a day and an hour that we know not. And you better be ready for when Christ returns, the dead will rise. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And we will all be changed in an atom of time with a glorified body to serve Christ and be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. But where would you be? But where would you be? We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know the only way you can be saved? Do you know the only way you can be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and caught up together to meet the Lord in the air is if you are saved and belong to Christ? Are you saved? That you belong to Christ. Revelation chapter 20. We have looked then through those two scriptures. We have showed you something. Revelation 20 please. We've shown you the first resurrection. Of those who will come. To meet the Lord in the air. And we will return to planet earth with him. And we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Listen to Revelation chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from the. From heaven, having a key of the bottomless pit 
And a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in his hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. The first resurrection. So there you are as a picture. Satan is bound. Christ returns Binds Satan for a thousand years. And the dead in Christ are all glorified and resurrected. And so are we which are alive and remain. We come to rule and reign with Christ upon the earth. Notice this. After a thousand years is up. Look at what it says. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead live not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are on the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to to gather them together to the battle to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And let your eye run down just for time's sake to verse 12. Verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Notice the great white throne judgment. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell or the grave delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to works, to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's the second resurrection. These are the days in which you live. The coming of Christ. And we mess about with the things of the world and we mess about in our lives. And as Christians, where are we? We mess about and we're wishy-washy. We're the lukewarm lettuce in church from Revelation chapter 3. And Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, he says, This is to the church. Where are we? With Christ, are we serving him? Are we faithful in service to him? And where are you, friend? Are you saved? Will you be in the first resurrection to meet the Lord in the air? Or the second resurrection for the second death to stand before the great white throne judgment seat. That's the days in which we live. Let's go back to the book of Daniel, please. The book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 12 again.
Verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life. Resurrection 1, the first. Some to shame and everlasting contempt. The second resurrection at the great white throne. And they that shall be, that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they shall turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. This is now coming to the start of our message. Notice what it says in verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Daniel is given visions and he's told, shut it up. It's not for now. When is it for? It's for down throughout time. And the book of Daniel is here. The book of Revelation is here. They mirror one another. That which is shut up in Daniel. When John is in the Isle of Call, Patmos and Christ appears to him. He says, write in the books and open them. And it is the mirror image, the, it is the, the commentary of Daniel, if you want. It is the culmination and the climax of things that the book of Revelation is showing us out of the book of Daniel. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Coming up to the end of the world, in other words. To the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. The time of the end... Now, I have to break this up a little. Many shall run to and fro is, the word, is a Hebrew word, shoot. And the word shoot gives the idea of one who lashes at the sea with an oar, as if there's a roar. And the big galley ship's going across. That's the idea. They'll run to and fro. Daniel seen as though they would go on great galley ships like the ships of Tarsus and so on. He's seen them. The big Roman ships would come later on, as we know, and they would lash at the sea as they traveled. And how far has man come and travelled now? It must be the time of the end when Christ will return. Here's something that we need to know the days in which we are living in. It says here that knowledge shall be increased. Some say that this great tribulation time will get worse and worse and worse and, and people will run looking for the word of God. Looking for some help and support. Looking in need and in desperation. Somebody tell us what's happening. Do you see in another two days time. Will be the 11th anniversary of the twin tower attacks in New York. And after that twin tower attacks the people flocked to the churches. They were looking for prophets and watchmen to tell them the things that were happening. What does the word of God say? And you know what most of the reports came back? Even the ministers couldn't give them hope. Isn't that right? Even the ministers didn't know what to say unto them. You hope in the word of God and the word of God comes alive. When you know the truth and have the keys of the message of the kingdom. And they didn't know what to tell them. The churches were thronging with people. And they went away dejected. You know what they were told? Little fancy fairy tales and stories. That's what they were told. The cry should have been, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the days in which we're living. 
Know the days in which we live. They are days which are expectant days. They are the last days. They are days that run us into the battle of Armageddon. Stay with me. This is a big subject. I have covered it in detail. But I just want to throw some things out to you there. Revelation chapter 16, please. Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. And keep, run, let's run down to verse 12 for time's sake. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the waters thereof was dried up. That the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. I'm just going to comment on this offhand as we get down there. See the river Euphrates. I'm hearing all the time the river Euphrates will dry up and then the kings of the east will come. Listen, why would the river Euphrates need to dry up? It's a river in modern age. The river Euphrates was a populated place by the Turkish Ottoman Empire who had conquered around that fertile crescent. And it dried up. Around 1917, the river, as it were, of people who lived around that area started to dry up. And the reason it would dry up, because Bible prophecy would force it to dry up. It would be fulfilled. In the year 604 BC, the house of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, were carried away captive by Nebuchadnezzar. And going according to Bible prophecy in Leviticus chapter 26, the seven times punishment upon Israel would run from 604 BC, one for the crossover from BC to AD, but it would reach the year 1914 AD, the year of the First World War. God lifted peace from off the earth. 1914. In 600 and, 600 and, rather the almost 606, 604 BC then, the second captivity went. Nebuchadnezzar saw the image of gold in Daniel chapter 2. And when he seen the image of gold, the head of gold was the Babylonian Empire. And when he seen the Babylonian Empire, then from there, 2,520 years later, it brings us to the year 1917 A.D., Coming up to a hundred years ago. And what happened then was General Allenby brought the little bi-wing planes over to Jerusalem. The Turks had never seen a bi-wing plane before. They looked as they flew over Jerusalem. The bi-wing planes dropped leaflets. The Turks thought they were great giant birds in the air and ran for fear and surrendered. Without a shot being fired or without a bomb being dropped. And listen to the scripture that was fulfilled in this. Isaiah 31 and verse 5. As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also he will deliver it. And passing over, he will preserve it. And he preserved Jerusalem exactly as he said. As birds flying with great planes at the end of Judas 7 times punishment. That's the time you're living in. 1917, Allenby, on the 9th of December, walked in the Jaffa Gate on foot. And he took over the city. So the great river Euphrates, the Turkish Ottoman Empire, the makes way for the kings of the east. You look at the kings of the east, how they've started to rise. 
Iran, India, China, North Korea. You look at how they're starting to rise in the world. And that is the rising, making way for the kings of the east. That river had to dry up. In other words, the Ottoman Empire had to die in order for the Turks to shrink that China and the rest may grow. Let me go on here a little. And I saw, verse 13, three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils. Notice that. They are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world. What is the reason? To gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Spirits of devils. The dragon, the beast, the false prophet. This is where I start getting into muddy water and people start falling out with me. The dragon... It's communism and Marxism. That sprang out also after 1917. China came, Mao Zedong took communism in 1917 and brought it to China. The Taiwanese then started fighting against it and they were pushed out and they moved to Taiwan. See it all linking up through time. Here we have communism, Marxism and even strands of some Judaism. Now listen to this. The beast. Who is this beast? This beast is the European Union. And there's a woman who rides the beast. The woman who rides the beast is the church of Rome. And Rome has a whore's head. Don't you be mistaken. Don't you be fooled. Don't you be drawn in by the nice little priest with their smiles. And behind it all, they're full of abominations. Rome has a whore's head. Look at Revelation chapter 17. You could do a night on each one of these as we go along. I want to say this. This is not against the Roman Catholic person. This is the system we're talking about here. I want to make that clear. We love the Roman Catholic person. We love their soul. This is the system we're speaking of here. Revelation 17 in their came. And there came of one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Do you see when Christ was was up against Pontius Pilate and the Jewish mob who were to crucify him? Pilate takes a basin, a Roman, and he washes his hands. But here we're told this Roman whore, this church system, this woman who rides a beast, she's drunken with it. She drinks the blood, not the blood of Jesus. Yes, in the sense of the mass, but the blood of the martyrs and of the saints. Sixty million. Listen, what do I tell you, son? We're talking about apologies. There's 60 million apologies for starters. Am I wrong? 60 million apologies for starters. They took women and they cut the babies out from their wombs where they stood. Put their children on pegstaffs so that everyone would see them. Ran them into the rivers, even to pour it down. And I've never once 
said, sorry. They took the martyrs and they cut off their heads and they burned them at the stake. And they made living torches out of them while they squealed their way, covered in tar. They lit up their, their caverns with it and their palaces. Read about it yourself. Go into it. That's who they are behind the scenes. Told you I was going to get myself into trouble, didn't I? Anyway, I'd rather tell people the truth and tell them a lie. Verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was the name Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration." You see what John's saying? He's saying this system that is murdering millions and that are Jesus-loving, born-again believers. Think of the Roman Inquisition, the medieval Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. Go and study it. Go and read it. There's 300 Spaniards, or sorry, 300,000 Spaniards were taken out of 3 million Spaniards and they were lined along every one of them executed in front of all of their kith and kin. 300,000 of them in one go. It's half the population of Belfast. Don't you be fooled. Don't be fooled. The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her. See the beast now that carries her, which hath seven heads and ten horns. The beast which thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell in the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. For they behold the beast that was and is not and as yet, now I haven't time to go into all that tonight. I have to run on. Look at the time. Time's flying. I might have to do part two of this. We'll see how we get on. But here we have this woman, the beast. So we have the dragon, the beast, the European Union. Do you ever get a chance for a referendum in the European Union? Make sure you vote no. Make sure you put your mark and say no. It's from the pit of hell. It is trying to do what God had undone. In Genesis chapter 10, we have Nimrod was a mighty one before the Lord. It means he hunted down men for they would not take and worship him, take his religion. And that strong came right through Babylon. Nimrod went to Shinar. Shinar, the city of Babel. city of Babel built a tower down to heaven, the works of their hands, claiming himself to be God on earth. And God came down and smashed it. And he scattered them and he confused their language. Now the European Union is getting us all together, building a tower and telling us to worship one God altogether. Ecumenism. He's bringing it back again. 
So I ever get excited. Sometimes this is in my mind for ages, and I just I sat yesterday with this in my mind all day. On this afternoon. Know the days in which we're living in. These are the days before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the days when Christ will return and judge the nations and judge all peoples. Revelation 17 and verse 14. And these shall make war with the Lamb, and always with the people of God. And the Lamb shall overcome them. Bless them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. These three unclean spirits, the false prophet is the false prophet of Islam. Muhammad, 622 AD, was the start of Islam. Before that, the conquering all time scales. Before that, Muhammad had visions the Bible tells us, I'll bring that out in a whole other night, of a, 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 a demon that falls, kicked out of heaven. It's Lucifer, Satan himself. And he falls to the earth and he goes into a chasm or a pit and he rises up and he gives Muhammad the visions. I want to say something. Muhammad and his God, Allah, is not the God of Israel. And is not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the false prophet. Verse 15, the Lord warns us, Behold, I come as a thief. You see, no man knoweth the day and the hour. Verse 15 tells us the overcoming, serving, and blood-washed, born-again saints. Let's read verse 15 of Roman, or, or Revelation chapter 16, please. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Christian, when Christ returns, you who have professed Christ, who says you're a Christian, who profess the name of Jesus as your saviour once, when Christ returns, should he return now, would you be ashamed of him? Or would he be ashamed of you? Ashamed of his coming? How would he find your life? Know the days in which you're living, for these are the last of the last days. And verse 16 he gathered them together into a place which is called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. You know the days in which we live? We live in the days of national sin. Everything has become man-centered, man-pleasers and man-pleasure. Society has become sensual and lustful. Political correctness has gone mad. Political correctness has gone overboard. And that which was once good has now turned wrong. Multiculturalism has promoted, been promoted to the point of destruction of our own British values. Multiculturalism, they're bringing in their gods, and their Hindu temples, their, their Sikhs and their Imams, and they're telling us what to do. I'm not talking about people coming in who love the Lord. I'm talking about those who are coming in and love other gods. Christianity in Britain, albeit nominal church going, has been demonized from the inside. Even the high church, the established clergy and denomination of Britain here calls for ecumenism. 
sharing differences and for finding common grounds with all others and all faiths that we all can become one and worship together. When the Lord says, Wherefore, come ye out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will be your God. I'll listen to God rather than the Archbishop of Canterbury, so-called Protestant faith. And ye shall be my people. There's debates in government over same-sex marriages. Should they be legalized or not? Even the definition and term of marriage. They're trying to change it also. I want you to know that this is not in any case or in any ways to hurt anyone of that persuasion. But this is the truth. And we stand before the Lord on this. And this is the word of God. Because Bishop Sponge from Canada wrote a whole thesis. And know what he says? God nowhere says he's against homosexuality in the Bible. Now that's a lie. That's a lie. These are the days in which we're living. In the church, people say in the church, you're too harsh, you're too hard. You'll upset people. I don't care anymore. I really don't care anymore. I'm not trying to upset, but I'm sick and tired of people coming and running down the word of God and our values are being devalued. Somebody has to stop. Even our Protestant Reformed faith is being eroded. There's debates whether there should be same-sex marriage. Spineless government officials. Spineless ministers and politicians are voting in favour of it in many of the political parties. Now here's the thing, some of those parties, and there's born again, they profess to be born again Christians. If it was a party that I was in, I wouldn't be in it. But money talks in this land. Money talks over the things of God. Listen to what the book of Romans chapter 1 says. Let's turn to it. Boy, time is flowing. Yes, give me another five or ten minutes, won't you? Sure, we're on something important tonight, aren't we? It's always important, but we're on something that's... I might get the courage to preach it another night, so you better let me get it out now. (laughs) Romans chapter 1, please. And verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. God said that, not me. The word of God said that. So everyone outside here and in here who has an issue with it, go see God. God give them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. God said that it's unseemly. 
and its vile affections. God said that. The preacher didn't say that. God said that. And that's where they will stand at that throne of judgment that we read earlier. Imagine bringing your child up and it's not mommy and daddy, it's daddy and daddy or mommy and mommy. It's undermining God-ordained institution of marriage. One man and one woman. Not Mormonism either, one man and many women. Think of the mother-in-laws you'd have, it would do your head in. <laughs> Except for mine, mine's as great as here tonight. One man and one woman. It's destroying the moral fiber of our society and the building blocks which God has ordained to build his people on. Financial collapse has happened in the world. So much has went on around the earth that God has told us it all before it happens. Knowing, knowing the days in which you're living in, this is to happen. For he is returning. He's returning. But are you in the first resurrection? Or are you in the second? Second death. Listen to what the late David Wilkerson said from Times Square Church. God can spare a nation from judgment and not... That not only can, let me start again, brother. Can God spare a nation from judgment that not only exalts sin but flaunts it in his face with a devilish spirit of rejoicing? No, God must judge this nation for becoming entrenched and satisfied with corruption. And that's what's happening to Britain tonight. Look at the days in which we live in pedophiles, rapists. Robbers, thieves, murderers, molesters, terrorists in the government. Unrepentant of their sin. Where's your sorry? Where's your apology? No, the days in which we live when they're caught and put into prison, they're given an easy life, food three times a day, clothing, television, radio, exercise programs, the best of gymnasiums, a roof over their head, while our elderly people are afraid in their homes to go out at night, they're afraid to go out in the streets. Our elderly are living in trauma, worried about what they'll eat, the cost of fuel for heating their homes, etc. And even in our children's wards in our hospital, they're struggling to provide the care for terminally ill children and and terminally ill adults. There's something wrong here. You see, every time they're in prison and they have a rat in the rack of place, I'd let them live in it. I'd let them live in it. And see, when they smear excrement up the wall, I'd let them live in it. I'd keep them in it and let them live like that. And I'd give the money to our elderly and to our children. I'm on my soapbox tonight. And but that's the days in which you live. And this is what it says about society at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Proverbs 14 and 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Though the days in which we live. Listen to what Thomas Manton, the old Puritan, said. First we practice sin, then defend it, then boast of it. Used to be the things you see and the things that gay pride parades in the streets. Used to be they wouldn't be seen dead as we would say out in the streets like that. Now they're flaunting it in everyone's face. And if it's not in every program or it's not in every newspaper. And it's not in every magazine. And if they're not boasted on every radio program. Then you and I are wrong. That's the days in which we live. But Christ is returning. John Owen, the great preacher said, Custom of sinning takes away the sense of it. The course of the world takes away the shame of it. I must wrap this up. Thank you for your attention. It's just so much material. Believe it or not, I've only got pointers there and what I'm saying is just off from memory. But here's the thing. The United States, I believe God is judging the United States as we speak. 56 years they've had their worst harvest. In 56 years it's been the worst of summer. In other words, theirs was so hot there was no rain. And the crops had turned to dust. And their prices had to go up. And shortage came to the rest of the world. Crops like corn and barley and wheat and so on. There's many other things. And the animals were starting to starve, so they had to dig into reserves. And they were wondering, why are we like this? It's like a hole with a bucket. In Britain, we had the wettest summer in a hundred years. The potatoes were rotting in the ground. We went to get broccoli not that long ago, and they says, we can't get you any because of the water, the, the rain, because it's destroyed everything. Potatoes and broccoli, vegetables, even the flowers in the field. There's tornadoes, hurricanes, whirlwinds. There's shoals, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of fish are being left dead for no reason upon the beaches around America. There's swarms of birds, hundreds of them, dropping like that out of the sky and just falling dead. There's no reason for it. They don't know why. They're just dropping dead. The Lord says there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. As he returns, know the days in which you're living. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse seven. Let's read it. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse seven. This is my last scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse seven says of the Lord Jesus that he will return unto you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Christ is coming to root and reign. But you who are alive 
And serving Christ and loving him will be caught up to meet him in the air, changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We will return again and rule and reign with Christ. The devil will be bound for a thousand years. After a thousand years, he will be loosed again. And those who've seen him and bowed to me and say, Sorry, Jesus, I really did believe in you. I really did, I promise you. And then the devil whispers in their ear. They're drawn away by the lots of their heart. And Christ has them standing before the great white throne. The second resurrection, the second death. Know the days in which you're living in. It's the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The Lord bless his word to all of our hearts. Very solemn that, isn't it? Let me tell you the day in which you're living. As we wrap this up and close. You're living in a day of grace. Still time. You're living in a day of grace. You know what? You don't deserve it. You deserve nothing but to be lost forever. So did I. So did we all. Deserve nothing but grace is unmerited favor to receive that which we did not deserve. And God sent his son to die on a cross for a guilty, hell-deserving sinner like me and like you. And by his grace through faith in Christ and his shed blood in Calvary, you can be in the first resurrection. Saved by grace alone. This is all my plea. That Jesus died for all mankind. But Jesus died for me. Better let you just get home. I've preached too long.